Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents. Frank Flagg here, founder of Ethical Property Partners, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investment Podcast. We are in a period of unprecedented change. We've got inflation at the highest rate it's been for decades. We've got the trail end of a pandemic with people more aware of their working relationships, their work-life balances, their health, their attitudes to one another, attitudes to life. I think a lot of people have lost loved ones. A lot of people have lived at home and spent more time with their families and realised that the rat race actually isn't that attractive. We've got people who are now earning a lot less because they've been made redundant or they have chosen to come out of employment and are now facing really high interest rates potentially over the next few years. We've also got the cost of living going through the roof, all of which is pressurising homeowners. Mortgages are going to go up for homeowners, already are doing so. Energy bills are going up. Now, you might think, yeah, but for a landlord, that doesn't matter. In fact, inflation's good. It's not necessarily great for a landlord because if the tenants are struggling with the cost of living, then they're more likely to fall into arrears, just like homeowners are more likely to fall into arrears with their mortgages. With all of that massive change comes massive opportunity. And one of the opportunities we're seeing right now that I want to share with you guys is the opportunity of tired landlords selling properties with problem tenants in situ. We are seeing this more and more. In fact, the last four deals I've done, I've done four deals over the last six to seven weeks, two of the four have been where there are problem tenants in situ. Now you might think, well, what's the problem with a bad tenant? Why can't the landlord just sell it? Or why can't the person that's inherited the property just sell it? Well, the problem is they may not be able to evict that tenant, especially if they weren't signed up properly. It's incredibly precise, the process for signing up a tenant now, for moving a tenant into a property. And if you are imprecise in any of those steps, and I'm not going to cover the basics of what you need to do to move a tenant in legally and correctly, but suffice to say, if you don't do so, or if the landlord hasn't done so, then you're going to find it very, very difficult to evict them or the landlord is going to find it very, very difficult to evict them. The great thing for us as sophisticated property investors is these landlords are unable to evict the tenants. They're probably unable to refinance because more and more mortgage companies are now insisting on their tenants' details. So they're now asking to see assured short tenancy agreements They're asking to see the EPCs, the gas safety certificates, electrical certificates, etc. They're asking to see proof that all of this has been provided to the tenant, that the deposit has been protected and that that has been notified to the tenant within the 30 days, etc. So you've now got a landlord who potentially can't refinance their property, can't sell their property. And you think to yourself, well, why can't they sell? Well, if the tenant isn't willing to provide access to the property... The landlord can't force that. The landlord can't do viewings on a property where the tenant is 
being obstructive. Now, you might think to yourself, well, legally they can, but in practice, it's really, really hard. You run the gauntlet of criminal activity and trying to show a potential purchaser around when you've got an obstructive tenant is nigh on impossible. So no, really, practically, they can't do viewings, they can't refinance, and potentially they can't evict the tenant. And if you have an, a traditional landlord who's already a bit fed up, who's already struggling with the workload or the psychology of doing that. Perhaps they've also been affected by COVID and realise that they now want out of this game. Perhaps they're an accidental landlord and they've enjoyed the capital growth, but now they want to cash in. If that tenant stops paying rent, and one one of the ones recently was the landlord had served to Section 21, the um, tenant had trotted off down to citizen's advice, (laughs) never a good sign, and had actually been informed that the Section 21 was unenforceable. And so they're like, oh, great, I'll stop paying rent then, (laughs) as well as not moving out. And so all of a sudden, cost of living, well, if I can avoid paying my rent, fantastic. And if my landlord now can't evict me, even better. And it's very easy for a tenant to get into that habit then of not paying regularly. That money then finds a home very, very quickly and it becomes really hard for the tenant to break the habit of not paying their rent. And so (laughs) right now you might be thinking, hang on, Frank, all you've told me so far, (laughs) we're five minutes in, are all the rubbish things about the current situation. But as I said earlier on, with massive change comes massive opportunity. And with massive issues and problems, there comes opportunity because we can provide solutions to those problems. So imagine the landlord that's got that tenant who's trotted off to systems advice, now has stopped paying rent, now won't provide access, now can't be repossessed. The landlord can't refinance. The landlord can't sell on the open market. The landlord can't refinance and yet their mortgage interest is going through the roof. What options do they have? Well, they're pretty much stuck with selling to a sophisticated property investor, which is fantastic because that's where we can help. And so we always look for problems because if there's a really, really hard problem to solve, then we can charge a premium price, a high value price for solving that problem. If anyone can solve the problem, you can't charge very much for it. You can't get a massive discount on the property because the vendor's not that motivated. If you're the only person on this planet that can help that vendor, you can basically charge what you like. You can get a massive discount on the property. And you might be thinking, yeah, but they can sell it through an auction. Not really. You may be able to, but at a massive discount. Because if you can't provide any of the information about the vendor and no one can view the property that property is going to go for 50% of what it's worth, 40% of what it's worth. It's going to be such a gamble for the people buying it. And so actually the vendor is going to be better off selling to someone like you or I, sophisticated property investor, who can pay more than that because we are better able to quantify the risks. And it's those risks that I want to talk about on this podcast. How do you mitigate the risks of a poor tenant in situ, an illegal tenant in situ, or an incorrectly signed up tenant in situ. And I'm using all those terms interchangeably, basically, because I think it's a bit of one and a bit of another, etc. But basically, a bad tenant. Now, they might not be bad people, and they might be paying their rent, but they are still a problem tenant. And that's what I'm talking about. A landlord that has very few options because of the legal situation they find themselves in with their current tenant. 
So how can you mitigate your risks? Well, there's a few ways of approaching it. The first, and I quite like this one, is to hold back some of the purchase price. So let's use the example of a £200,000 property where you've agreed to buy it for 150 and you've got a tenant in there paying £1,000 a month. Now, if you try to evict that tenant, it might take you 12 or 18 months to evict them if the correct paperwork's not in place. You're probably going to have to employ a specialist agent to help you, uh, an eviction specialist organisation, etc. And so you'll probably have a couple of thousand pounds in fees, perhaps a bit more, and you're not going to get rent for that period of time. So let's just call it £20,000 potential risk. Now that property is still worth buying with a £50,000 discount, that's a decent discount, but you need to then knock off another twenty for the risk of the tenant stopping paying or if they're not paying already, continuing to not pay, and the risk of it taking a long time to get them out. So how do you do that? My advice is not to just buy the property for 130. Not many landlords are going to take an additional 20 grand off or whatever the amount is. My suggestion is to play fair with a vendor and say, look, I'm happy to pay 150 for your property with vacant possession, but currently you have this tenant in situ i'm happy to buy it with the tenant in situ however i need the tenant signed up to correct paperwork here is the correct paperwork and here is the hundred and fifty thousand pounds of course this is all done through the lawyers i'm happy to buy the property now at 150 that does assume you can get access to value the property to get a mortgage and of course if you can't get a mortgage then you need to buy it cash and you might discount it further for cash but I'm happy to buy it now for 150, so long as that 20,000 pounds stays with the solicitors until you provide me with the paperwork. And the one that I did recently, what I did was I held that money with the solicitors for 30 days. The vendor had 30 days to provide me with all of the correct paperwork. It was listed in the contract what they had to provide me with. If the vendor provides that to you, then the solicitors release the £20,000 to them. So you have to give the solicitors the 20k, and it gets released upon production of this new paperwork. If they fail to provide that paperwork within the 30 days after completion, then you get the 20k back, and you've actually bought the property for 130 So it's a really neat way of putting all of the emphasis on the vendor. I would still prefer to have the property at 150 k with the tenant signed up properly that would be my preference so you might choose to work with the landlord to go and meet the tenant yourself start the relationship with the tenant and try and sign them up yourself or if you don't fancy that you can leave it for 30 days and then go meet the tenant and you have to give the tenant something so what I would be inclined to do is to inform the tenant. So in this case, there was a dog in the property. The tenant had already received a section 21. So to play nice cop and say, I can see you've got a dog. I'm happy for the dog to stay there. You're actually paying £800 a month. Market rent is £1,000 a month. I'm, I have no problem with you continuing to pay £800 a month. Now, I know the previous landlord, I bought this property yesterday. This is in role play. I didn't buy a property yesterday. I bought this property yesterday, Mr. Tenant. I'm not in the habit of evicting tenants that are paying their rent. This assumes she's paying her rent. So what I'm happy to do is to sign you up on a new AST. 
how does a 12-month AST sound where it write, it's written in that you're allowed to keep your dog and it's written in that your rent is at £800 a month, which saves you £200 a month on market rent? How does that sound? Fantastic. Right, let's get you all signed up then. And that new AST enables you to get everything in order, enables you to produce the gas safety, the electrical certificate, everything. Then the tenant signs to say, yes, I've had all of this. You've got a new AST. You've got a new 30-day period with which to protect the deposit and now you're cooking on gas if they stay in for 12 months and people get all hung up on yeah but you're you're renting that below market value you know what about that 200 pounds a month you're missing out okay 200 pounds a month by 12 months that's two and a half thousand pounds it's not chump change you've bought the property for 150,000 pounds you've got a 70,000 well it depends whether you get it at 150 or 130 you've either got a 50,000 pound or a 70,000 pound discount let's not worry about the 200 pounds a month we can put that up after month 12 when we uh, renew the ast and if the tenant stops paying their rent it doesn't matter we can now evict them we know it'll take three six months to evict them maybe slightly longer but we know that we can evict them because we've got solid paperwork so we know that it's going to be within a reasonable time frame okay we've got some delays because of covid etc maybe it'll be nine or 12 months but it's only what's that 10 grand it's not the end of the world when you've just had a 50 or 70,000 pound discount on the property. If the tenant is in arrears, you can still do the same thing. You can go and meet the tenant and say, look, I'm not in the habit of kicking people out of their home. I can see you've been here for three years. I know things didn't go well with your current landlord. They didn't, they've informed me that you weren't paying rent for a while prior to moving in. I'll be honest with you, that doesn't concern me one bit. As far as I'm concerned, this is day one I bought this property yesterday we have an option now you can sign this paperwork I'm happy to keep the rent at the current level which I believe is 800 pounds a month and I'm happy to make this a, a 12 month AST for you so I'm happy to start from scratch the the money you owe the landlord that's between you and the landlord they can't evict you now because they don't own the property the likelihood is they're going to write it off but I I'm not in control of that but we can start fresh would you like to do that the alternative is I call the bailiffs and we we start the eviction process as rapidly as possible because I can't have a property with a tenant in it who's not paying rent and so what what would you like to do I have all the paperwork here you can just sign it and uh, we're, we're hot to trot um, or I can crack on with with the eviction uh, if you have somewhere to go and you'd like to move out then that's fine I guess you've just had a nice rent-free period for a while which is you know all good for you what would you prefer to do and in that situation it's a fresh start for them you're being very reasonable you're being very open you're being very proactive very and I would turn on the charm and I'd be really polite and I'd really put them at ease I wouldn't and this is where people go wrong I wouldn't start saying oh I'd like if you do some decorating or core any chance you could tidy this up like I'm when I go around that property, I'm going to be nothing but complimentary. Oh, I see. So you've you've um, built that shed yourself, have you? What a good idea, because that's going to give you loads more. Whatever it is, people are proud of where they live. People are generally proud of what they've done in a property, and so I would be building rapport just like you would with a vendor. It's the same process, and we've covered it on the podcast in in great detail of building rapport with a tenant a problem tenant or a bad tenant as it is with a vendor you're trying to build relationship find common ground let them know that you like them let them know that you want them to be your tenant and then close and the sale here is to close them on the paperwork get them to sign up the paperwork and so those are my strategies for 
dealing with problem tenant properties. You can encourage the vendor to sort it out before you buy and you can make that condition. So you can exchange contracts at the 150K, but you can say it drops to 130K if by X date you complete and the paperwork hasn't been produced, you can do that. Bearing in mind, if you're trying to buy with a mortgage, you might struggle. You can go and sort the tenant out in advance of completion. <laughs> that sounds bad. I don't mean that in a <laughs> in a go sort them out, rough them up way. What I mean is you can go and sort the paperwork out with the tenant in advance, introduce yourself, explain that you're buying the property, explain that you're happy to start with a clean slate, etc. And then you've got the proper paperwork and you can get a mortgage on the property. Or you can incentivize the vendor to do the paperwork after completion, assuming you can still complete, or you can allow the vendor to not sort the paperwork out within a reasonable time frame, perhaps 30 days, and get a bigger discount on the property, and then you sort it out. You have to be okay with the worst case scenario, which is the tenant not moving out and you having to evict them, and you have to structure the deal whereby if the vendor sorts the paperwork out, or if you sort the paperwork out with the, with the tenant, it's still a good deal. And if the vendor fails to sort the paperwork out with the tenant, and the tenant refuses to sign the paperwork when you go and see them, that you then evict them using a, a specialist agency. I would never try and do it yourself. It's going to cost you so much more in time and hassle and probably delays because you won't get the paperwork right, etc. Unless, I'd, I, even if you are a lawyer, unless you're a specialist in evicting tenants, <laughs> if that, unless that's your day job, I would still employ a specialist because it will cost you less overall than the delays by not knowing the system. So long as you're okay with employing a specialist and evicting the tenant with sub-perfect paperwork, then you can't lose. And you've provided a solution to the vendor that no one else is willing to provide. And when you look at it like that, if you're knocking off 30, 35, 40% off the property's purchase price. It's okay if the tenant takes a while to get out. It's okay if they don't pay you rent. It's part of the game. You don't have to take it personally. You don't have to be scared about it. The tenant's still liable for council tax. The tenant's still liable for the utilities. It is only the mortgage you have to service for that period of time. So even if the tenant's paying, let's say, £500 a month for a, a very cheap two up, two down in a cheap part of the country your mortgage on that if you've bought that for perhaps 80k bmv 110k property you bought it for maybe 80 that mortgage is probably only going to cost you 200 250 pound a month and so yes you're missing out on 500 pounds a month rent but the actual cost to you of that property is what three thousand pounds a year can you have it empty for a year or two if you've just got a 20, 30,000 pound discount on the property, of course you can. Well, <laughs> you need to check you can cash flow 250 quid a month. But if you can't cash flow 250 quid a month, you shouldn't be buying that property. You know, you should be really focusing on cash flow positive properties from day one. But that risk, if you factor it into the equation, if you factor it into your buying strategy, then you'd be absolutely fine. Now, would I go and buy 20 of these tomorrow? No, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of negativity, a lot of hassle, a lot of negative cash flow, and a lot of legal fees in order to evict the tenants and get them signed up, etc. It's, it's quite emotionally draining as well to go and make that sale because you pretty much only have one go at it and you don't know how nice or 
not the tenant's going to be. So I wouldn't go and do 20 of them. But what I'm saying is you don't have to go do 20 of them. Just be on the lookout for these. And when all of our adverts that go out specifically to landlords, they say in them, problem tenants, tenants in arrears, don't worry, call us, we can still buy. And so you'll have these, if you put that into your marketing, you'll have these problem properties with problem tenants in them trickle through in your marketing. And so if one in three, one in five, one in six of the deals you do has a problem tenant, no problem at all. You can pick up one a quarter, one every six months and sort them out because you're being remunerated for it. You're making more on those deals to compensate you for the additional risk that you're taking, to compensate you for the, the more sophisticated solution you're providing to that particular vendor. And so guys, I hope that has inspired you to look differently at problem properties with problem tenants in situ. It's not something to be scared of. Warren Buffett says this, whenever the market is moving in one direction, you want to go the other way. If everyone's yinging, you want to yang. If everyone's going bullish, you want to be bearish. If everyone thinks the property market's going up, position yourself for it coming down. If everyone's running away from problem tenants, advertise that you love problem tenants, that you're happy to buy properties with problem tenants. Be proactive and creative in these changeable times. If we go through a market correction, which I think is almost inevitable <laughs> I may eat my words I'm structuring my business in such a way that I'll make money if we do go for a market correction if house prices come down and I'll continue to make money if prices continue to go up and so it doesn't really matter to me but my prediction is that we will go through a market correction not sure how severe but <laughs> even if it's mild the media will make it sound like doomsday and the worst thing ever and as we go through that market correction People will stop buying. People will get scared. The whole market will move away from property. That's where sophisticated investors, that's where professional investors make their money because they are going contra to the market. That's when the amazing deals are available. And so if you're not at the moment buying properties, start buying properties. And you might have thought I was about to say, get ready to buy properties. No, don't try and time the market. An idiot tries to time the market because no one has a crystal ball. If you try and time the bottom of the market, you'll still be waiting in 10 or 20 years time because no one ever knows when the bottom is. But subscribe to that process of pound cost averaging. You buy a property today and you get a return on it. Properties go up over the next year and you buy another property. You pay more for that property, but you still get a return on it. Then properties drop in price you still buy a property. You just buy it cheaper than the one you bought last year and you get a better return on it. But the other properties that you've already bought have come down in value. That's fine because you'll buy another one and if the market's dropped again, you buy it even cheaper. But over time, we know that the property market is rising. To not invest in property because you're timing the market is like going into a casino and thinking you can beat the house. You can't beat the house because you always miss out over time. The only way you win in the game of property is to be in the game. If you stand on the sidelines and watch, all the boats just get lifted with the tide. Yes, the tide goes down and comes up, but the property market, the property tide goes up a lot and comes down a bit and then goes up a lot more. Yes, there are peaks and troughs, but over time it goes up. And so you don't miss the boat, guys. 
get yourself in a position where you can buy properties now. Start buying them now. Start advertising for problem tenants. Let people know that you solve problems in property and you will start to get BMV deals. And then you're on the treadmill. Now you're making money. Now you're doing deals and your net worth will start to compound. Your cash flow will start to grow and you're in the game. Guys, I hope this podcast has infused you. I hope it has reduced your fear around problem tenants. And I hope it has motivated you to take action. Until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.